0: back to bourbon barrel talk number three number three and i'm your host scott minton and today with me my co-host is mr matt Jasnov. how are you doing today matt
1: i'm fantastic how are you thanks for having me on scott
0: hey glad to have you glad to have you um so first of all you know with uh bourbon barrel what we like to do is we like to tell you what we're trying today and kind of give you a little bit of a uh, feedback on uh, some of the maybe up and coming bourbons that are out there and things to that nature um so <clears throat> Today, what we are doing is we are trying a few new Rift picks that uh, Matt brought over. And then we also have the Honey Barrel, um, which was a Louisville Bourbon Hounds pick um, recently um, through uh, Cox's. Um, actually, I'm sorry, Evergreen Liquors. Same thing. So uh, that gives you the opportunity. Um, we'll be able to talk a little bit more in depth about those picks. And mm-hmm. then we're going to talk a little bit about the BTAC collection. Um, some Pappy Van Winkle stuff cause those are coming out pretty in the, in the next week or two. And then, uh, Matt's our, uh, cigar slash bourbon aficionado. We're going to talk about some, uh, pairings there today. So that kind of gives you a rough guesstimate on what we're going to be talking about today. And, uh, let's start off with, uh, what are we drinking, Matt? Can you tell me a little bit more about these new riff picks? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, uh, the other day I was fortunate enough to be invited to, uh, go to the new Rift distillery. Um, there's some local stores around town that are starting to uh, take advantage of their barrel program. You know, lately, uh, New Rift started not too long ago. They were originally uh, known as producing a bourbon called OKI. And the whole concept behind that was Master Distiller Ken used to own a liquor store, uh, state liquors, in between you know Cincinnati and Kentucky. Uh, he got tired of that and, and wanted to um, start his own distillery. So gathered up enough funds to start it by, he bought barrels uh, from another local distillery, uh, barreled them, bottled them himself, or he didn't barrel them, but he bottled them, uh, and the label OKI came out. Now, people are familiar with that. They did a, a 9, 10, 11, and 12-year-old. That I think they did an 8- or 9-year-old rye. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, and they basically sold those bottles... Made enough money to build that beautiful distillery that we know as New Rift today. Um, his goal was, you know, to get this started. Let me age all these barrels, and he wanted to be uh, kind of a mass producer in regards to barrel picks. He knows that that's kind of a bucket list item for everybody. I don't, I don't know if you've ever been on one before, but. I mean, man, what a surreal experience that is—the first time. I,
0: I have not. Um, I am working with a charity organization here in Southern Indiana, where we're looking right now at getting into doing an old Forester single barrel pick. Yeah,
1: man, that'd be great. They do a cool. They do a cool pick there as well. You go into their Rick House, and there's like a, a separate kind of floor you get to go
0: on to do that. Yeah. Um, I think they said we could take up to eight people to that, so that seemed like a pretty nice opportunity. Yeah. You're gonna have like five thousand people ask you to go
1: on it. I'm sure that's the case. Um, anyway, so so back to New Rift. They they wanted to kind of mass produce themselves and and be a, a great barrel picking source for a lot of stores. They want they wanted to show the uniqueness of their barrels. They wanted to show uh, what they were doing. And so today we have um, today we have four barrels that were bought by a local store. Um, and the way it works is you kind of show up there, they'll give you a large piece of paper, it's got about 12 to 14 barrels on there, they'll give you all the tasting notes. Uh, from there, your group of eight uh, totally sober individuals will pick from that group uh, of barrels on what you all want to try, and it's definitely a trial and error process. You all pick the barrels, they blind taste test them, uh, they blind sample them for you three different times to make sure you all like the right barrel. And, and you go and pick it from there, they give you lunch and it's, it's a cool day. It's a real neat experience. Um, and we just, uh, just a few minutes ago, just within the room of us, we decided that out of these four, we all didn't, well, two of us picked the same one, but one of us liked a different one. And that's kind of what happens whenever you go there. You know, imagine tripling the size, trying to pick out a barrel for a store, you know, it's. At seven to eight grand you're trying to invest in your store to pick for your future. And, and you have to, you have to pick the right one.
0: Absolutely. And ironically, you and Toby actually picked the same barrel. And then I picked one of the other barrels, which was your second favorite. And I think Toby's third favorite. So it's one of those neat things mm-hmm. that I guess in a concise error, and actually the one you all picked that you liked the best was my second favorite. Right. So in that situation, your all's barrel pick would have probably been picked because you had two people that had voted number one and I voted number two. So that makes sense and it, and I tell you it's uh it's really neat when you uh try those samples cuz you get so many different notes and hints and you know by looking at the labels that you brought over I mean we got one that was done on like 10 um 105 of 2015 one was 106 of 2015 one was 1031 of 26 or 2015 and then the other one was a 102 of 2015 so they're all four year bourbons they're all pretty you know standard as far as you know the same a similar mash bill but I mean, the flavors were, you know, totally different, which is crazy when you start to think about the differences in in bourbon and where they sit at in the rickhouse and, you know, something that might be, you know, just a couple of, you know, feet over, it might be, you know, 10 or 15 feet over to the left. And and honestly, it's going to get a completely different flavor than another one that might be, you know, just right around the corner. Yeah. I mean, so for, and,
1: and to your point, I mean, we have, um, we have two barrels that were picked you know, 58, 49, 58, 64, you know, there's not, there's not a lot of gap in between those two. It's, it's, they're going to be on the same, they're in the same, they're on the same level. They're on the same house It's on the same, same sheet, but you picked one of them as your favorite and one of them as your least favorite. Yeah. How, how crazy is that? And they're both on, they're both, if you look in the distillery, they're both on the same line. They were both they were both barreled a day apart from each other. So 24 hours apart, you know, call it 15 barrels apart from each other in the same exact house through the same exact seasons, temperature changes, everything. And one was your favorite and one was your least favorite. And that's what they wanted to show with their whole process.
0: That's crazy. It's, it's really amazing when you look at that type of stuff. So I was... I've been amazed by new riffs since they came out. Like we, were, me and Toby have talked about in previous episodes, you know, and, and I feel like uh, the people that are picking these things and, and naming them, like the Riff Flair and the Ken Riffy Jr. and things like that, they, they've got some of the best names I've seen out there. And, and I know that has to do with the bourbon clubs that's choosing those and things to that nature. But it really is just it, – it's really a cool experience. And, you know, I, I, that's something that I have been looking forward to doing and things to that nature. Yeah. So what do you think about the the honey barrel pick from the the, the hounds that picked up there?
1: Yeah, so definitely uh, it was my first first sample of it, um, and as you and I both agreed, it is way better neat than it is on the rocks. Absolutely, yeah, um, I like it. Kind of your nice your nice typical double oak flavor that those dark kind of flavors up front. I mean, overall solid drinker. Yeah, There's I thought it was a little it. it was a
0: little sweeter than I was expecting with from a double oak, um, yeah. but it definitely it had some great great flavor and some nice undertones and you get a, a really, really nice caramel, almost even like a chocolatey uh, on the front side. And yeah. it kind of finishes off really nice and strong. So, uh, uh, I really do wish though that, you know, Woodford or Road Forester would allow their stuff to come out at barrel strength rather than then taking them down to the 90 proof. You, you try it at barrel strength, but yeah, absolutely. You can't we can't keep it at barrel strength. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, it's, you know, it's interesting. You bring up those kind of darker, um, Let's call them caramel notes, Um, those dessert flavors, as I like to call them, and and that actually goes to our later segment of pairing well with a cigar. Uh, And forgive me if I jump around a little bit.
0: No, you're cool. We we can um, go to the cigar pairings if you want to do that now. Well, just
1: it's a it's a nice little smooth transition. So, um, you know, I, I we just had a question asked. Uh, for one of our our followers, is how many barrels typically come in from from a how many bottles come in from a barrel? How mean, barrels come in. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, you know, it, it that's gonna be that's gonna be my favorite answer in the world of,
0: of it depends, and it depends is gonna be. Hey, if it's watered down, so <laughs> if it's not coming full cut, or if it's coming uncut, you're gonna get less bottles than if you're actually cutting it with a little bit of water. True.
1: Yeah, hundred percent true because you know, those, let's say you cut something down, it goes in the barrel, you know, you tasted it, we'll call it 120 proof, 125 proof, well, you're bottling it at 93 proof, so you're adding in that much water to proof it down, which will, in turn, give you more, give you more yield, so, uh, you know, Weller, for example, you have a Weller, you have a Weller special reserve, you're going to get two, two fifty you know, somewhere in that range from a Weller Special Reserve, it's ninety proof, right? Right. Uh, whereas you have a Weller full proof, you're gonna get a buck forty to about a buck sixty out of it. Um, You know, you got, you got that coming in at one hundred and fourteen proof. Even still, that's a
0: controlled proof. Um, yeah, because I gotta believe that that's coming in probably above one twenty in, in its actual full full proof status. You know, I've I've got
1: some hazmat what. What is deemed to be hazmat, which is anything over 140 proof. Uh, You can't fly with it is really what that means. But.
0: Bacardi 151. (laughs) (laughs) You can't fly with that. I guess you could. What is is the proof that it sets fire? Is it 150 or 151? Is that it actually sets fire without actual aeration? I don't know. I kind of want to test it, but I feel like.
1: I feel like he'd get mad
0: at us if we did that in here. I don't think we have anything that hot to be completely honest in here at this point, but uh, maybe that maybe that's for a later show. We can try that. Fair enough, outside show.
1: Um, but yeah, so so something something like this, um, yeah, yeah, something like this double oak. You know, maybe maybe they'll get hundred and eighty. Maybe it was a little bit of a leaky barrel. You know, sometimes when those barrels age, the you know wood's not perfect; it's man-made nothing's perfect. There might be leaks. There might be a little crack in there. Um, You might've had a hotter summer. You might've had a colder winter. You never know um, what'll change that, uh, that yield that comes out of the barrel. And the cool thing is when you go try them, you get to pick up the barrel and see what's in there and and see how much is left. And uh, typically those funkier barrels with stains on the outside um, with all of the, that, kind of molasses looking
0: like yeah, the seepage yeah
1: character that's the that's the barrel that's gonna taste the most unique and uh in today's day and age you have to go off profile in order to make your barrel stand out like no one no one wants a barrel pick and be like oh my god this totally tastes like every other double oaked i've ever had in my life like no you're gonna drink that and be like i know the guys that picked this they did a great job Absolutely. And that's kind of that uniqueness that the barrel program brings, um, which is also what pairs it well with a cigar. So I am a big fan of smoking a cigar with a bourbon. Uh, my back patio tends to agree with me on that. So, so what's your, a,
0: your favorite cigar?
1: And oh, then, and then B I don't w- sell them here in the w- w- United States. Okay, so <laughs> so
0: the legal version. What is your favorite cigar, so, and what's your favorite bourbon to go with it? So lately, I've been
1: <clears throat> on a, um, a a cigar kick in the Maduro family, which is like a really dark leaf cigar, and they're the Linga Provada Number Nines. Um, you can typically get them at, at any kind of basic liquor store. They're nothing too crazy, but. They do, Six,
0: eight dollars a stick, where do you run eh, out? Yeah, probably a little bit higher, maybe about nine to eleven dollars a stick. Okay, so still reasonably priced for, for, not for a good cigar. Crazy,
1: not too crazy. Um but they they pair well with these kind of desserty no, noted uh, bourbons like the double oaked, your my old Forester nineteen ten fan favorite right here. And, uh, and even that first new riff pick that we tasted, that was, uh, absolutely had a lot of toffee like undertones to yeah, it. Yeah. Your toffee, your cinnamon flavors, those pair well. And, uh, something that's a little cool you can do is you take, you, you cut your cigar. Um, and what you can do is you dip the end of it in the bourbon and kind of let that soak a little bit. Um, maybe about ten minutes, and then you can actually smoke it, and then you get that bourbon flavor mixed with the cigar leaf flavor, and it kind of brings out uh, a different note to it per se. Kind of like when you eat bourbon with chocolate, how it brings out
0: other notes to it. Just right. a different way to kind of taste it and and see what it does. So now now that you mentioned that, like uh, we went on the Old Forster tour together, yeah. you know, just a few weeks ago. That that Majesca that they make there, I yeah, it muse and then you bring it in, and they do it. Yeah, I was amazed at how much different the 1897 and the 1920 tasted with it. You know, you could really, really grasp a way different flavor by adding that chocolate undertone with it. It's crazy. So, okay, so you talked about the one cigar there. Now, is there any other ones that you really, 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 really like? And, you know, what's a good solid bourbon?
1: So there is, um, you know, there's, people are going to, judge me for this but there's you know the davidoff cigars are are always people are like oh well you're just paying for a name on something i actually do enjoy smoking those um and those kind of really go well with some of the lighter bourbons so something that's kind of a heavier wheat bourbon so like what's your favorite weeded bourbon
0: uh i mean it's really hard to say i mean you know i really enjoy you know your antique 107 as far as a daily drinker type thing Well, cool. so
1: um, so we'll stop there i mean even that that's right on the head you pair those two together my god what a fantastic conversation what a what a fantastic uh blend those two make together and um it it's just that that's a great pairing those two any kind of any kind of light mid body cigar in my opinion with with a nice little weeded bourbon like your 107 people don't like it that hot you, you can go special reserve whatever i'm not going right. to tell you what or weller
0: comes. 12 i mean there's a lot of other things that aren't necessarily as hot as the seven. yeah you know what's funny is the
1: weller 12 doesn't go great with the mid-body cigars as well okay. as i'd like it to kind of because you lose the you lose a little bit of complexity with it when you have um when you have all that smoke in your mouth your palate's kind of a little torched at that point so it's it's what can pair well on the front end so if, what about like elmer t would that be a good mix yeah probably about fifteen years ago when I told you you could get it pretty regularly um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean yeah that's all in the same that's all in the same we did family i mean you have your if you' Elmer your Blantons your weller your i mean well all of those will all of those will kind of go well together um with your nice your nice mid body cigars and then you can go to any cigar shop and ask them for a, a nice little mid body um and they'll and they'll kind of point you in the right direction, so you can't go wrong there. So me,
0: I, I'm not a very big, you know, cigar aficionado. Sure. I mean, I, I smoke the uh, the occasional. And correct me if I'm speaking speaking incorrectly, like the padrones or no, that's good, or uh, acids or different don't things say, like that. But I, listen, don't, it, don't 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 go. There. I, I, it's not <laughs> it, it's it's not that you know. Like I said, I, I don't drink, I don't smoke a lot of cigars. but yeah. it's what somebody hands me. I told I was telling Toby uh, a couple of weeks ago that you know the guys that run Crossfire. Like I've had a couple of their, their cigars and I've really enjoyed those, yeah. you know, so it's a, like, I, I guess I probably like a little bit on the sweeter side of cigars, but yeah. you know, like for me, like I always found the Padrones and I would typically drink those with something um, kind of more on the rye side. Um, Cause I felt like they kind of, they, they paired up well for me. Like, and I yeah. don't typically drink rye, but when I do smoke a Padrone, like with my uncle Kevin or something like that, you know, we would, we would do that. And then we would typically have some kind of a rye to go with it. Yeah, so people, uh, you know that you bring up a valid point that
1: you know some people like a little spice with their with their cigar, and and that, that's not just that's not what I like to do. I'm not a huge rye fan. Um, I like that weeded taste with it. But your your padrones, your some of your Rocky Patels, not the uh, not like the 99 Patels, but um, some of your kind of past mid body, like your fuller body cigars, those go well. Excuse me with the uh with the rise so your mid bodies are kind of a weeder your full bodies are kind of a rye and then your madoros or your even double madoros i mean good luck getting through a, a full one of those some days but uh those are those are good with your uh your uh, your almost twice barreled stuff such as the 1910
0: now you rolled your eyes at me a little bit whenever i said you know some of the things we were going to talk about and one of them being the btac collection uh and I, and I know that, you know, but we try to stay somewhat relevant to what's going on in, in, in the world right now of I've bourbon. And, and and there's really nothing more hot than, than the BTAC collection at this point. Because Pappy's not coming out for, what, like another two weeks from what we Yeah, heard. give or take. So... Have you tried any of the of the twenty nineteen stuff? Elec- it used to be election day, <laughs> right? Like yeah. today was today used to be the day. I well, mean, yeah, absolutely. You know the, what? A, what a better way to get a couple of extra votes than you know throwing out a couple of b- pappy 15s and pappy twenties, yeah. right? So uh, you know. So have you had any had a chance to drink any of the twenty nineteen? Uh, I have. collection. I've, I've
1: had the full flight of it. You've
0: actually had the full flight. Yeah, right? well, I, minus the sazerac eighteen. I haven't had that. So you actually yet. had the eagle rare seventeen. I have Hot damn. So a lot, most people are not going to touch that bottle from what I've heard. Now, this is just rumor and speculation from what I've heard. Is There's only about 2,700 bottles of the, of the Eagle Rare 17. I, I don't know the exact number, but I know there's not a whole lot of them.
1: Um, you know, my, my theory is this wasn't made to be looked at in a bottle. No, absolutely. It's or made it's to made drink to be drank.
0: Absolutely. So so uh, of the bottles that you have tried, yeah. what, what was your favorite this year and what was your least favorite?
1: Uh, is. Is all is D all of the above an answer?
0: <laughs> I, I mean, you uh-huh. can say, "Oh, absolutely, they were all great." But you know, honestly, there had to be one that kind of stuck out. Like, no, I meant, like, I
1: meant the I meant the latter of the. Oh, two. the latter of the two. Yeah, so
0: you weren't as crazy about them no, this year as what you, you were know, last year. You no, know, it's
1: it's funny people people ask me like, "Oh, what'd you like? What'd you like?" And I'm like, "Well, I like kind of like last year's better." <laughs> um, you know, the uh, we all thought the lower proof. Uh, stag the gts this year was gonna be uh it was gonna be better a nice little flavor bomb but it just it was a little disappointing um
0: the william larue weller the the past two years of that
1: I haven't just haven't been my favorite, they haven't done it for me.
0: So, some people have told me the 2015 and the 2016 were the two best years of the WLW they'd had, yeah. Well, yeah, the 20 and the 2014 too, you
1: can't leave that one out. okay. And, and a 2007 is always going to be phenomenal.
0: So, so. I, I've not had any of the seven or the 14, oh my God. but I, I did have a sip of the 16 a couple of, yeah. a, a couple of years back. So, if you ever get fortunate enough to try a flight of the
1: 2007 antique <laughs> collection you wish you never drank it because it'll ruin you for everything else you drink.
0: <laughs> so it's kind of the flag, oh the, the flagship, the Phenomenal. the holy grail of that of the, of the Beattie collection was 07. In my opinion, yeah. I mean, bourbon's all opinion related.
1: You Absolutely, know, it's, it's a thousand percent opinion related. It's who, whose opinion do we like? Um, but I always tell you, just go try it. Don't listen to other people's opinions. Right. You know, go try it all and make your own opinion for yourself. That's that's the best thing you can do. Absolutely. Um, but this year's so if you get people's opinions and trust me no one's afraid to give you their opinion
0: oh no absolutely not i matter of fact i had somebody say uh i saw it on um, one of the facebook pages or the groups um today they were talking about how the baker's 13 was the the best bottle they've had all year see and I, I didn't like that it's too minty
1: it's got like a, a
0: an upfront mint flavor to it and to me i I'm just turned off by that, right? Hey, I I tell you a bottle that I was actually surprised that I liked as much as I did was the Cornerstone by uh you know Wild Turkey this year. I, I oh, thought ten year old Cornerstone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was I was way more impressed with that bottle than I thought I would be. Yeah. You know, because I guess as somebody that's newer to the bourbon game, as far as like trying to be. Understand it and, and and grasp it. You know, wild turkey was always like that. Was like what well, my dad drank. Like who drinks wild turkey? You know, I mean, my mom used to pour that shit on the roses. So that that's <laughs> awesome. You know, the the old farm the old farm uh, myth was it helped your roses grow faster if you put if you fed it a little bourbon. So my mom would literally take my dad's wild turkey and pour it on the rose bushes. Fine, <laughs> it'll be fine. But I mean, you,
1: uh, you know, you get. You get some of those wild turkeys, if you get a store pick of a wild spirit of a Kentucky Spirit wild turkey, 101 proof, that's really not bad. I that's really not bad at all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, people say that rare breed, the wild turkey rare breed, barrel proof 114, 115, 16. it's It's not bad either. It's you know, they they've definitely tried to make a, another name for themselves other than the 101. <laughs> so, so
0: one of my buddies Josh, he's going to be on here in the next few weeks. Yeah. Um he, he's a huge turkey fan. Like I mean, he's a turkey head and a half. And then I see another guy that's on the on the LBH um that uh he's a big, you know, his name's Ben and uh, we were talking about a couple of different things and he's he's a big turkey guy. So sure. it's really really nice to to get people that have those different flavors and this is what I really like and this is what I'm looking for. Yeah. And things like that. Now, the one thing I and I I told Toby, man, I said uh, you kind of ruined me on uh, uh on Michters recently because you, you you've uh-huh. been introducing me to more and more of that stuff, and and we had a really really good time going over there and sitting down and drinking a couple of drinks. But man, I I, I tell you, I cannot wait till they come out with the Michters Toasted Barrel Bourbon again. I don't know if it's going to be 2020 or 2021, but. You know, I've already polished off one bottle on my own, and then I've got one more 2018 bottle. Oh, that I drank I'm, one on the golf course, too. Yeah, we yeah we did drink one whole bottle of bourbon on a golf course. Oh, my God, it was the best. <laughs> I think there was four of us, and we polished off an entire bottle of that. And then I'm going to say probably three-quarters of a bottle of Rock Hill Farms we polished off that day. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So, you know. Uh, we, Rightfully so. We had a really good round of golf uh, for the first, like, <laughs> eight or nine holes. So after that, it went a little downhill. So but
1: not to... Not to to finish your question real quick on the BTAC collection. I know <clears throat> we like to get sidetracked when we drink. But this year's just whole collection in general, just not as good as it was led up to be. It's disappointing. And I can't believe I said that out on
0: a recorded line. But <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. Listen, like you said, everything is a preference. Um, and I think it's okay for, you know, yeah. not to necessarily have...
1: And I don't, and, and, you know, the real question is going to be why, why is this year so disappointing? Well, probably because I hadn't all the other years prior to it and it was just good, but you know, you, you would think you have a 15 a year old, six month George T. Stag 116 proof going to have a lot of flavor to it. Maybe they added too much water. Maybe they just picked a bad couple batches.
0: I, I mean, don't know. It, it says it's uncut unfiltered. So they, they obviously, that's the way it came out of the barrel. So I mean, you can't. I okay sure it came out of the barrel at that, but you're not
1: going to have forty thousand bottles of George T. Stagg to come out of the exact same proof. Well,
0: no, absolutely not. So, so they, what do you, they so what do you do? What do you do to mix that? Well, you have to blend it, right? Right. So you take all those barrels and you blend it together, and that's right. what your your proof is. That's your average proof. Okay. Is it your average proof, or do you do you cut it a little bit? We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Well, if it says uncut one unfiltered, it's I fair. got it. I I have to presume that buffalo trace has enough integrity in Sazerac that they're not mixing it with water they would never do that
1: but uh, just just when you look at it it's maybe they maybe some barrels were great and some barrels weren't great and they tried to push too much of it out uh maybe they should have held some of it back in order to keep quality up you know quantity over quality who who knows what they were thinking at the time the age statement's good the proof looked good but when people see the Buffalo Trace Antique collection, they, you're right. They see uncut, unfiltered, high proof, high age, good, once in a lifetime bourbon. Absolutely. And, and rye.
0: And like what I told you, you know, I mean, and, I, and we spoke about it in our episode number two when we were talking about the BTAC collection. I've tried the last few years of the George T. Stag. And to me, the 2018 is still the best that I've tried of from like 2015 till now. I've not had the 2019 I gotta let yet. You, and I got to
1: let you try the 2014. I got that on my house too. I meant to I meant to bring that for you. So. Okay. But, so
0: evidently 2014 must have been a good year for bourbon. Because the Mictors bourbon. toasted bourbon 2014? Great, great year. Yeah. Great weather conditions. <laughs> so evidently there's some, some super good weather conditions that but, led into a 2014 bourbon. But
1: on a side note, you think your size, size 18... That's ninety proof, right? That's cut. You well, absolutely eagle it, rare seventeen, but it, but it
0: doesn't say uncut, unfiltered. I I don't I don't read the label. <laughs> I just drink it. I just I drink know. it. What's What's on the label? Yeah. Oh, oh oh
1: There's words. Um. You know, eagle rare eagle rare seventeen. This cut. Yep. It's One, absolutely yeah.
0: So. So. Um kind of to feed into that obviously with pappy season coming right around the corner is there is there a certain pappy that you're just dying to try out of this year's Rick house and this year's blend so
1: i mean yes and no there's I, so i'm always a fan of the 15 year old so
0: to me 15 is the best like it's better than the 20 better than the 23
1: 15 is the best um and, um, it, before we get too lost into this topic, I just want to, I want to go back real quick. I mentioned, you know, 14 was a good year for weather, right? Um, there's no, there's no real science that says hotter summers are going to lead to better winter than, or better bourbon or, you know, colder winters are going to lead to better bourbon. The whole reason between your summer and your winter reactions and why Kentucky is such a fantastic state for it is because we do actually have all four seasons. Whereas I used to live in Arizona where it was hot, hot, not as hot as the next day and not as hot as that day before <laughs> and really damn hot the next <laughs> and day. Really damn that. hot the next day. <laughs> yeah, you know, that was really it. You can't, you can't make bourbon there because there's no, there's no aging. There's no, you have to, you have to put it in a temperature controlled environment, which totally,
0: Defeats the purpose, right? Yeah,
1: you want Mother Nature to take control of these barrels. You want the seasons to change so the wood expands and contracts. And you want those pores of the wood to be infused with the grains of the alcohol and the char in order to get those flavors. So when you make bourbon, it's moonshine. You separate, you separate it. You put it in new American oak and you char it. Now that's where everyone differs. Some people put... Um, a high level four char some people are level three char some people do toasted some people i don't know they blow on it in a certain way you know they they kick it (laughs) i i don't know like whatever their grandmother's recipe is for it it's a combination of that plus your changes of weather which really help expand and contract that bourbon when you open up a bourbon barrel and you look at the bunghole yeah that's right The bunghole.
0: You know, that's going to be our tagline as we enter into later in the year. We're going to start calling, you know, Bourbon Barrel Talk Inside the Bunghole.
1: (laughs) Actually, that's fantastic. But, But on a serious note, when you look inside that bunghole, you pay a lot of money. But you can see how far deep that bourbon has seeped through. The wood,
0: absolutely. And
1: that's how you can tell, man, this has gone through a good aging process. And that... And just, you can only go by looking and tasting. And, and sometimes that messy, sappy, oh my God, this seeped through the entire bunghole. I don't need to try it. Just give me a straw and I'll just drink it from there. I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's that's kind of, uh, that's what people look for when they buy single barrels nowadays is you have those. Um, is there is there not a lot of it? Is there a lot? How far did this go through? How old is it? What's the proof on there? Um, you know, sometimes a higher proof, you're not going to get as much flavors up front as a lower proof. A lower proof is going to have your more kind of darker, um, caramelized bomb notes as I like to call them. And, uh, I don't know. That's just, that's just the way it goes. And eventually you just get too drunk at these things and everything sounds great. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. All right. Good. But yeah, so you're, but you're pappy now. Now I had a unique experience there at Buffalo trace one time, but I don't, I don't know if they'll allow me to share that information. So we'll just, yeah, let's we'll, we'll table that for another. Say, maybe that's a private
0: conversation <laughs> later on. We don't want, we don't want to give away all the secrets. No.
1: Um, but no, there are secrets that go on there, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, the 15 is, is my favorite. And, um, a little story behind why it's my favorite. is so I. So I've known Julian for a little while now. And a long time ago, he used to do private barrel selects of his 15-year-old, but he would never really... I'm assuming he did some 23- and 20-year-old private barrel selects, but a lot of them were 15. There used to be a 14. Um, The 13's the rye, the 12's a lot B, and the 10 is the old rip. But I have... I have a bottle. I was fortunate enough he gave me a bottle of single barrel fifteen from 2017. Now, if anyone is listening to this, they're gonna be like, This guy is freaking nuts. All right. There's no such thing as a single barrel Pappy fifteen. But I promise you, it's at my house, and it was the most fantastic thing I've (laughs) ever drank in my life. (laughs) And I will
0: continue to always love the fifteen. So what you're saying is, the next time I'm at your house, you're gonna you're gonna crack the bottle open and just give me a little a little taste of it. I don't know. Do I owe you something? Uh, no, I probably. <laughs> then I, no, I'm not gonna. Answer. I owe you way more than you owe me. You know.
1: If you show up with a baseball bat, maybe I'll let you try it. But I, I do know where you live. <laughs> Understood. Um, but the uh, <clears throat> I've been a fan. Something, something inside of me just really likes the 107 Buffalo Trace products. What can I say? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so 15 year old pappy, 107 proof, 15 years old. Yeah, phenomenal stuff.
0: Nope, absolutely. So hey, before we finish up, yeah, you know the the, the thing that you know the answers I, I, no. I like you can't the, have any. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. So favorite. <laughs> Favorite drunk story. Oh, so, no. so what's the funniest or the dumbest thing you've ever done no, while being drunk?
1: I can't say.
0: Absolutely, you can say. I can't.
1: I can't say it.
0: Oh, come on.
1: I can't say it.
0: <laughs> you can't say it. All right.
1: Uh, so, and not not the dumbest thing I've ever done, but how about probably, the funniest? The funniest. Um, oh. What was it? The funniest thing we ever did is we were in Nashville and we stole a street cone and this is before I was married and we would just go up and down the streets of Nashville and be like, Hey, will you sign my cone with your phone number? I promise we won't call you later. And we took it in our Uber back to our hotel and we all
0: woke up in the morning with this giant so cone. Crap, in the this middle. was really recent. I mean, you're talking about the Uber. <laughs>
1: Well, it's not that recent.
0: I mean, Ruber's what, like five years Maybe, old? Maybe okay. So All right. it's been pretty right. Uber, recent. Cab, whatever. Only
1: married <laughs> for three years. Caught me some slack, man. Right. But that that was pretty funny. But you know, some of the drunk stories happen at the distilleries, and some cool things happen after that.
0: <laughs> so, so, so my my favorite drunk story, and and uh, one of the most funny ones is, and Toby was actually involved with it. So I'm going to bring cool. it up and uh, kind of embarrass him. So. <laughs> One night we get we get completely smashed and I don't remember where it was at or what happened but we basically somehow make it back to my house and I still don't know to this day how we got back I don't remember if Toby drove or I think actually Toby did drive but anyway we get back and I'm like dude you can't drive home. he's like ah I'm I'm freaking fine dude and I can't he can't walk a straight line I can't walk a straight line. So we get him inside the house, and he lays it. He passes out in my in my chair or on the couch or whatever, and I go back to the bedroom, and my wife's like, oh, my God, you reek of the smell of tequila and bourbon. You've got to get on your own side of the bed. I'm like, okay, I said, but Toby's passed out in the other room, but don't worry, baby, because I, I, I've got his keys. They're on my belly. They're safe. <laughs> so I literally passed out drunk in my bed with Toby's car keys on my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> oh and God. and still to still to this day my wife will not let me live that down because she's like you came in you were so proud of yourself like you saved toby's life because his keys were on your belly <laughs>
1: that's fantastic
0: <laughs> so uh well hey thanks for coming out hey, thanks and, for having and, me and having episode three of bourbon barrel yeah. talk and um we're really glad you could join us and um you know if anybody's got any questions comments or anything like that you can follow us on our facebook page or you can email us at bourbonbarreltalk at gmail.com don't forget to check in for the next listen i think we're going to start doing something um, every month where we're going to give away a bottle of bourbon so, uh, listen to the episodes. In, I'm going to uh, listen to
1: the episode right Absolutely.
0: Now. You know, uh, I think the first one, Toby said, we're going to give away a bottle of uh, Weller Special Reserve. No, he said Pappy 23. He didn't say Special Reserve, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he said <laughs> well, I, I Weller Special it, Reserve. Hey, listen, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, disclaimer, it is Weller Special Reserve. <laughs> <laughs> Pappy 23. You're out of your damn mind. What? Just right? So, well, Weller anyway, 23. All right. Same thing. You can... You can Email us, or you can check us out on Facebook and leave a message. And uh, we really appreciate Matt for coming out. Yeah, thanks for having me. I hopefully, appreciate it. Hopefully you come out for another episode here in the next few weeks, right. and we'll, we'll go over some more stuff and talk about all the things that are going on right before Christmas or right around that time. Yeah, of course. All right. Thanks for signing out from Bourbon Barrel Talk. This is Scott Minton and Matt Jasnoff. We'll see you on the next time. See ya.